listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of the show. Happy Wednesday all across Broncos country from the South Stands to the end zone. You are locked on Broncos. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host as always, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Broncos insider for the Locked On NFL Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our good friends over there at Pepsi. And thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play football. But instead of entering the NFL, They've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this Sunday, the Broncos host the Kansas City Chiefs, and Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Ladies and gentlemen, on today's episode of the show, what we have in store for you on our lineup, you're going to hear from myself, Cody Rourke. You're going to hear from Patrick Keody and Zach Seegers a little bit later on as the show progresses. But we're going to talk about the Broncos offensive line, some news, some notes, a potential Broncos starter on the offensive line may miss Sunday's game against the Kansas City Chiefs. What does that mean for the team? How do they adjust offensively? And who is going to step up if that is the case? We talk about that. Plus, we take a little bit of a look at Michael Ojemudia. We broke down film this week on the YouTube channel, Cody Rourke NFL. We took a look at Drew Locke's passes downfield, some of the drops that plagued the Broncos in the red zone. We looked at that. We also looked at Michael Ojemudi, who put on a strong game for the Broncos. His rookie season continues to be very special. We analyze his performance as well, and we talk about what we learned from the film against New England. Then, we take our pulse on Drew Locke. After the New England Patriots game, after being able to review the All-22, what stood out? What is our overall pulse? What's the pulse in Broncos country, and how do we project this Sunday's matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what we're going to talk about on today's jam-packed episode, Lockdown Broncos, your favorite podcast provider. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get into today's action here for the Broncos. Right now, there's a situation I think that we all have to continue to monitor. We had some good news at the beginning of the week, according to Broncos head coach Vic Fangio. He talked about the reality of the Broncos potentially getting some starters back on the offense and defensive side of the ball, potentially A.J. Boye. We'll find out more today. The Broncos report to practice at the UCL Training Center, and we're going to see where these guys are at. Also, Noah Fant has a chance. K.J. Hamler's going to test out the hamstring this week. Some good news for the Broncos overall, but then there's some uncertainty about a Broncos starter on the offensive line who suffered an injury at Sunday's 18-12 victory of the New England Patriots, and that is Dalton Reisner, the Broncos left guard, second-year player out of K-State. He's been phenomenal for the Broncos in 2019. He's had a little bit of a slower start to the 2020 season, but against New England in that first half, he played a really strong game, in my opinion, going back and watching the film. The Broncos were able to run the ball effectively, and a large part of that was due to Dalton Reisner's ability to pull to the next level. And same thing with Graham Glasgow. Those interior guys had a better game than what we've seen from them so far this season. So with the shoulder injury, and this is the confusing part, The Broncos conducted an MRI. They got the first MRI back. They didn't find anything that could really determine what was going on with the shoulder for Dalton Reisner. So they're doing another test. They're waiting to see. But right now, the prognosis is out the window. We have no idea as of right now what Dalton Reisner's status is. Benjamin Albright, good friend of ours, game day host over there, KOA Broncos Country Tonight, which I'll actually be on Broncos Country tonight. 
tonight with Benjamin Albright, Ryan Edwards on uh, iHeartRadio, KOA. Check that out. We'll be talking about this as well. Uh, but in terms of that, Benjamin Albright did report that he was told from a Broncos source that it is highly doubtful that Reisner may play this week, obviously waiting more results, more clarification from some of the further tests that the Broncos conducted there. So if Dalton Reisner is not able to go on Sunday against the Chiefs, that would be a big blow, in my opinion, I think, to the continuity of what the Broncos offense is trying to build, right? Because they've been trying to build it. The entire offensive line, for the most part, has been better with DeMar Dotson at right tackle. The Broncos have been able to simplify their offense in a sense where they don't have to get their right tackle up to the second level to block a cornerback or a safety. They're really focused on blocking the guys in front of them, whether it's a defensive end, whether it's an outside linebacker or a blitzing inside backer or a guy off the nickel. DeMar Dotson has held his own. He's done really well going back on the film here. Uh, But if the Broncos cannot have Dalton Reisner, that is a big blow because that means that Austin Schlotman will start at left guard for the Broncos if Reisner is out of this matchup. And Austin Schlotman had a really impressive training camp for Denver during this offseason, during whatever training camp they were able to have. He was rotating between guard and center. He's that two-swing guy. He can play either left guard, right guard, or center. He can play three positions, and that's why he's on the Broncos 53-man active roster. He finished the game for Dalton Reisner last week against the New England Patriots. Thought he played well, but there was a noticeable difference in what the Broncos were able to run in terms of the running game in that second half. And, And predominantly, what the Broncos have been doing with Dalton Reisner They've been pulling him from left guard to the right side of the field to kick out the the backside outside linebacker or a nickel guy. And then that's where we saw Philip Lindsay make several cuts to get upfield. He had a couple of big gains because of that, especially off that counter, especially on the zone plays. I loved seeing that from Lindsay. But now I, I worry a little bit about this because Kansas City's coming up and they're very aggressive. They like to blitz off the edges with the nickel. They'll run Tyron Matthew into the box. They'll play him as a spy. They'll play him as an extra box defender. They'll also play him back in coverage. He's their Swiss Army knife overall for that Kansas City defense in terms of what he's able to do. They're very aggressive with, with the way that they slant to the strength side of the field. And that's going to create some opportunities, I think, for the Broncos to really get maybe one of those cutback lanes to be able to get a first down. The, the, those are going to be open. And if Melvin Gordon can play, which more than likely that's going to be the case. The Broncos offensive line is going to have to come up big against Kansas City. Look, Kansas City defensively is not a great team. They have great players. Chris Jones is uh, is one person to keep an eye on as well. He made his return from an injury against the Buffalo Bills on Monday night and he's going to be even more ready, more amped up, ready to go on Sunday against the Broncos uh, defensively. And on the year he's got three and a half sacks. He missed the New England game a couple Mondays ago for the Kansas City Chiefs and they missed his presence on the field. But Chris Jones is really good on the interior. Frank Clark is pretty good. And the Broncos are going to have to find a way to attack their front seven in some way, too. And I also want to highlight here Lloyd Cushenberry. I thought on Sunday against the Patriots, he had a better game, probably his best game as a pro so far. He's going to face that tough test of going against guys like Frank Clark and even Chris Jones. And I think that Kansas City is going to try to find ways with Steve Spagnuolo to isolate them in a zero tech on a one tech. They're going to blitz the inside linebackers. They're going to send pressure after the Broncos this upcoming Sunday from the end side and the outside so Drew Locke the interior offensive line has to be there and if Dalton Reisner can't go if the the prognosis is doubtful you'll see Schlotman getting a majority of the team reps this week at practice starting today when the Broncos get back on the field but Broncos country coming up here in just a moment Zach Seegers Patrick Coyote of Pro Football Network they're going to join me and we're going to talk about the Broncos defensive side ball talk about Michael Ojemudia's rise what we saw from him on film and then we're also going to talk about the pulse on Drew Locke all across Broncos country but before we do that folks I got to tell you guys about the sponsor 
sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That is our good friends over there, sportsbetting.com. And with the Broncos set to host the Chiefs on Sunday, if you want to bet on a Broncos upset, well, you got to go to sportsbetting.com because sportsbetting.com is now live and they're taking action in the box state of Colorado. Sportsbetting.com is passionate about sports and the authority on sports betting. With their own in-house bookmakers, sportsbetting.com is known for their sharp odds and low juice. That means the best prices for you. New players get a welcome bonus, a 100% risk-free week of sports betting up to $500. So take advantage today. Sportsbetting.com offers no hassle bonuses with just a one-time playthrough. So take advantage of their NFL touchdown promotions with can't-lose offers on first touchdown scored in a game. Get your action on the home of sports betting. That's sportsbetting.com backslash Lockdown Broncos. Always nice Broncos country where we get to talk with Zach Seegers and Patrick Coyote of Pro Football Network. They provide outstanding coverage, whether it's Denver Broncos, whether it's NFL Draft, whether it's player positional rankings. You can catch all the work at ProFootballNetwork.com and very excited to have them here once again. Gentlemen, today we're going to dive into the Broncos defense kind of after week six. What is it that we learned from the film? What kind of takes do we have? Because now there's a tough matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs, one of the top offenses in the National Football League and offensive juggernaut all of sorts the biggest test for this Denver Broncos football team on Sunday so I want to start things off first with you Patrick when we talk about this Broncos defense what is something when you watched it you went back and watched the all 22 film which now releases 24 hours after the game thank you NFL for doing that we have everything at our disposal and I put out a little statistic earlier on today the Broncos defense overall after week six They are the sixth-ranked NFL defense, according to DVOA, which we know is probably the most realistic defining measure that you can do. So, Patrick, I'm going to throw it to you. What is it that you learned about this Broncos defense after their victory against the New England Patriots? Man, I I learned that they have a a new fire. They they looked a lot more intense. And, and, you know, we talked about this last week, uh, about what they needed to do, and we – one of the things that we said was see more blitzes and and they definitely did that going back to the jets game they saw that it was effective and in this game it was just as effective using alexander johnson as that that main blitzing linebacker but man bradley chubb looks like he is on a on a mission coming back from that acl tear he had a couple of reps where uh, he was just bullying the left tackle on that side and you know malik reed had a great game shelby harris i you can't say enough about this guy's tenacity he looks refreshed and, re- and rejuvenated even without Jarrell Casey in there and, and and the secondary just looks hungry you got Michael Ojemudia punching balls out two force fumbles for the rookie corner that's huge uh, Justin Simmons out there making plays Bryce Callahan gets his first pick Th- this was a good game it was a good uh, it was a good confidence game I think for the for the Denver Broncos defense because this this was a game that they were really counted out. I mean, I, I picked the Broncos to win this game and and I got called a homer. Uh, I got laughed at. And, uh, you know, I, I had to remind people, I had to ask these people, what's Cam Newton's record against the Denver Broncos now? It's 0-4. So going into this week, I think that uh, it, it's going to be tough Obviously, the the Chiefs are are one of the hottest offenses in the league. Patrick Mahomes is doing Patrick Mahomes things. He he's really reminding me a lot of John Elway uh, when Elway played. Just his ability to extend plays, uh, his ability to get out of the pocket and find someone open downfield. 
I think the biggest thing for this this Broncos defense this week is staying disciplined. The edge defenders, so Chubb and Reed, uh, uh, Chicolo, they're going to have to really contain the edges. Mahomes does this thing where he drops back 12 to 15 yards and then he gets out. He gets out of that uh, the tackle box just because the pass rush is so deep. I think they they really need to look at how they played Cam Newton this last week uh, because th- that was a big thing, right? That was that was something that we talked about as well was containing Cam Newton because he's this this very mobile threat. And you're really going to look at the same thing with Patrick Mahomes because that's how he gets these big plays down the field. I think that utilizing the blitz, it, it, it has to be a, a, it has to be a key again, because that's the only way that you're really going to be able to create that pressure and force Mahomes to make a throw. Um, discipline, discipline, discipline. That's what it's going to come down to. Zach, what do you think? Uh, what do you think about this Broncos defense going into another possible snow game against Kansas City? You know, I, I think uh, we heard a lot this offseason about the players uh, the Broncos were without, you know, due to injury last season. Bryce Callahan, Bradley Chubb, the Broncos are going to be uh, with these guys back and they're playing incredibly right now. That was my big takeaway from the game. Bryce Callahan is playing like uh, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. He's back to playing in the slot where he's most comfortable and he's doing a fantastic job of it. Um, I, I think he's comfortable in that Vic Fangio defense and he's just, he, he's playing incredible. Um, and then you've got Bradley Chubb and he was playing fine the first three weeks, but you know, I think it was fair to be a little concerned that, uh, even though he was still a very good player, he wasn't that elite dominant, one of the best rookie pass rushers we've ever seen that he was in 2018. And he's re- regained that form these last two weeks. It wasn't against the best tackle play. So, you know, it has to continue, but he's been a wrecking ball. And uh, I think the Broncos, you love to see that. Um, I'm glad you brought up Ojemudia's uh, two forced fumbles because he's a, he, he's a big play machine. I mean, I know he had the interception taken away because of penalty against the Titans, and he dropped the one against the Steelers. But the, we're a couple of coin flips away from him having four t- takeaways, uh, what, five games into the season for a, a third-round rookie corner? That's been asked to cover – Chase Claypool, who looks like a monster. A.J. Brown, who looks pretty dang good. Mike Evans, who all-pro caliber receiver. Uh, you know, and then the last two weeks got a little easier. But it hasn't been easy shoot for Michael Ojemudia. He's played incredible. And so I think those additions, getting those two guys back from injury, drafting Ojemudia, big hit by Elway there. Um, you know, that's my big takeaway, uh, especially now you're getting – Draymond Jones back. You're getting Demarcus Walker back. Maybe uh, Jeremiah Tachu to help with that edge rush. That's going to be vital against uh, Patrick Mahomes. I, I think it's going to be big. The only area I differ with you on, uh, Patrick, I, I don't want to blitz Patrick Mahomes a whole ton. In terms of EPA, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history against the blitz. I think the formula we found this year is – and maybe you do do not blitzes, but creative rushes where you're bringing cornerbacks and dropping edge rushers and, and bringing AJ Johnson and dropping Shelby Harris. I don't know what, but, but doing weird things to confuse moms. But I think what we've learned uh, is rushing four and, and relying on those back seven. If you're able to create pressure with four, 
Um, I, I think that's vital in stopping Mahomes and, and really what you got to do. It does leave you open to the run some, but you know, if the chiefs are going to try to shorten the game and run for 200 yards, you know, I, it's a pick your poison offense and, and I'll pick that every day of the week. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, to an extent you have to blitz Patrick Mahomes and their, their big key money play against the blitz is that, that stick with Travis Kelsey, where he just, goes about six, seven yards and sits down. It's a killer and it's killed Denver for the last, you know, two, three years. So you, you brought up an excellent point. Uh, I, I appreciate that. It is going to be interesting to see how they run the ball. Cause I felt that Denver's defense against a, a Patriots team that was really more known for running the ball. They held them pretty well. So, uh, I'm interested to see how that goes. I, I think that you can make the argument, and this isn't a hot take. I think really you can make this argument if you go back and you watch the film. I think the Broncos' defensive line this season is better than what they had in Super Bowl 50 from the defensive interior, from the guys that you're getting. People want to talk about Malik Jackson, but look, Shelby Harris, Mike Purcell, those guys are contributing. Deshaun Williams is contributing now, even at a big level too. They're getting contributions from multiple guys. You can't blitz, in my opinion, I think, because you're going to see a lot of empty. You're going to see a lot of, you're going to see four by one. You're going to see three by one. You're going to see where the they'll have the tailback in the backfield, Clyde Edwards, Elaire. Now Le'Veon, De- Le'Veon Bell is going to make his debut against Denver this week. So, Interesting dynamic to see how they mix that in. You can't blitz against some of those spread empty formations because there's too many guys running free. You're not going to see any double safety blitzes from Vic Fangio this week, folks. I'm just, you know, I hate to say you're not. Those guys are going to be matched up in coverage. But Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to talk about maybe the Broncos offense, how they can match up against Kansas City's defense. Coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, I got to tell you about the two other sponsors today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Our good friends over there at Built Bar and Roman. And with Built Bar, they are back. They're Better than ever, the improved Built Bar is even more delicious than ever before, featuring 18 amazing flavors and six new flavors. The 12 original flavors, old school reliable like peanut butter brownie, toffee, almond, and banana bread are good to put in the freezer or the fridge so you can take it as you leave for your workout or you go to work throughout the day. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy for you. They're great for those who are health conscious like myself, Zach, and Patrick. It helps you lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious it's the best of both worlds because the bars, they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for any kind of diet that you may be on. And you can get a free cooler with purchase today only while supplies last by going to builtbar.com and using promo code lockdown and you'll get 20%. That's 20% off your next order. Use promo code lockdown for 20% off at builtbar.com. And our good friends over there at Roman, a healthy life includes a healthy sex life. But if you struggle with erectile dysfunction, you may not feel like your best self. And if you want help with ED, Roman connects you with a real U.S. licensed healthcare professional who can prescribe the medicine that you need. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan possible. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you out real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to talk about, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn to get up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOn for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash LockedOn. 
All right, gentlemen, in terms of, uh, you know, getting locked on and being able to punch it in in the red zone, the Kansas City Chiefs offensively, we already know what they are. Defensively, it's a little bit of a different story. We know the Broncos have struggled on the offensive side of the ball. The question I have for you guys here when we talk about this, what is the pulse on this Broncos offense? I think it's clear as day. When we went back and referenced the film against New England, the Broncos were able to run the ball. Phillip Lindsay was a big boost. We talked about his return. Now this week, the Broncos are going to have both Phillip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon historically has had some very strong games against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, since he's been a Charger, now he's at Denver. Can he carry it over? Phillip Lindsay and him are a different dynamic, in my opinion, than Royce Freeman and Phillip Lindsay together on the field. Not saying that's a bad combination, but saying that we have a potential special dynamic here, and the Broncos can be very creative with what they do. Potentially, K.J. Hamler could return this week. Obviously, that's going to be a big detailing factor about practice today. Noah Fack could potentially return this week as well. 12 personnel with him on Albert O. I'm really intrigued to see how the Broncos match up with Kansas City with their offense against their defense. They're a very aggressive defense. Chris Jones is back on the interior. Frank Clark is still there. Tyrone Matthew on the back end. Juan Thornhill kind of struggling. I think the Broncos have an advantage against Kansas City's cornerbacks. For you guys, and I'll start with you, Zach, what, in your opinion, do you think the pulse is on this Broncos offense and another potential snow game? Because the forecast is going to be 25 degrees and some snow. Will it really snow at mile high, though? I'm not quite sure. I don't think it's going to be a lot. So ideally, what are your thoughts, Zach, on this Broncos offense against Kansas City defense? You know, I the thing against Kansas City is you have to be efficient. There's this misbelief, oh, you got to keep uh, Mahomes off the field. You have to limit the number of possessions in a game. And, and that helps. But the Chiefs' offense is just so good, they're going to score a majority of time. If you only give them the ball six times and you only have the ball six times, Casey's going to score on five of those. So you just have to be that efficient. If they have 12 possessions, maybe you stop them a few more times and they put up more points, but then you get more opportunities yourself to score more points. He goes out saying, you just have to be – you have to match that level of efficiency. And I think you do it by playing to your strengths and getting your best players out on the field. I think what we've seen this year is the Broncos' best players on offense, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, Noah Fant, Albert O. Uh, he was a huge part of last week's game plan. And I think uh, an added value there is Drew Locke is very comfortable going uh, to him, as we saw with how often he targeted Alberto. Um, so I would like to see more 12 personnel. Um, and then Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick as well. I think you want to mix KJ Hamler in, Deshaun Hamilton in. But roll with Judy and Patrick. Get both tight ends out on the field. Lean on the run game. It, 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 you just need to end drives uh, with points. And unlike the Patriots game, touchdowns. Um, it, it, it seems obvious, but uh, you just have to be so efficient. I think you need to get your best guys out on the field, and you need to lean on those players. You you want to make it easy on lock, and I think that means incorporating uh, more multiple tight end looks because he does like to lean on the tight end possession uh, position, and um, the leaning on Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick because, uh, and then to some extent KJ Hamler because I just don't trust Deshaun Hamilton anymore. He's made so many mistakes in big spots, uh, plays that Jerry Judy makes, plays that Tim Patrick makes, plays that we haven't seen much of KJ Hamler, but I even feel he makes. Um, maybe you mix Tyree Cleveland, and I don't know, but I feel like Hamilton's running out of shots. Lean on your best players in this one. Yeah, hey, you know, this offense has to finish drives. Uh, that that was probably one of the more frustrating things watching the Patriots game this last week was just, you know, how well they were moving the ball, uh, how well Philip Lindsay was running the ball and just not 
being able to finish drives in the end zone. You know, uh, watching out, I'm super excited for Alberto. After watching that Patriots game, I am so excited about it. Clean up the drops. It's something that uh, that Ben Albright alluded to in training camp, saying that Alberto makes the hard the hard catches look easy and the easy catches look hard. And you know, you you can't really blame him for the ball being knocked out of his hands on on one. That's fine. the the other The other drop that he had in the back of the end zone that that was a touchdown. That one hurt me deep in the soul because he had that thing perfectly. Um, you know, I I think that we definitely need to see Zach. To your point, we need to see more Tim Patrick. We need to see more Jerry Judy. But really, we need more consistency out of Jerry Judy. It, it it was it it was hard to see him you know see that ball go through his hands in the end zone because I feel like that was like a that that would have been a defining catch right but it was harder for me to watch Hamilton drop that ball against Stephon Gilmore the defensive player of the year where he he had great position the ball was right in the bread basket and he just couldn't haul it in that honestly that probably would have been a uh, you know not just, not only a career defining catch for Hamilton but probably one that revives his confidence. So going into this week, I think that you know using Tim Patrick and and using Jerry Judy in that twelve personnel with Alberto with uh, with Noah Fant if he's coming back and then using Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, I think that's going to be the group that you really go to if Hamler's back. Yeah, use use him because what we saw in the Pittsburgh game from Hamler of of him being able to create space in his routes. I mean, it was ridiculous seeing what he could do. And if he can do that quickly and be a reliable target for Drew Locke to dump off to so that he doesn't have to rely on Noah Fant as that that dump off option. If he can get if he can get the ball to Hamler and get him in into open space, I think that this is going to be a game changer. Now, going back to last week, one of the things that we talked about was the impact of Philip Lindsay against the case or against the new England uh, run defense this week, we're going to look at the same thing because Casey has only allowed less than a hundred yards rushing once. And that was yesterday against Buffalo. Okay. So looking at this week, Denver's rushing offense, they gashed new England's run defense. They have to keep that same game plan going, especially if Melvin Gordon is back considering like Cody said, his history in playing this defense, this is going to have to be a game where you go back and you look at the Raiders game. And I know that Zach, you said it's not as simple as just keeping Mahomes off the field, but that's exactly what the Raiders did. They ran the ball extremely well. They ran the ball efficiently and they kept Mahomes off the field and that helped them win the game. Albeit it was a close game, but you have to be able to keep him off the field and finish drives with touchdowns so that it makes it more difficult for Mahomes to come back and, and win that game. Because you saw late in the Raiders game, Mahomes had to take shots. If it's a three-point game, he's just going to do the same thing that he's always doing. But you you make it a seven-point game, a 10-point game, and he's going to go into gunslinger mode. And that's when you can take advantage on the defensive side and create turnovers. So for me, I think the, the Denver offense has to just keep pounding the rock. Uh, let Drew Locke, you know... He was doing great. I, he was doing fantastic leading up to that, you know, those last two fourth quarter drives where you saw him take some of those questionable shots. But 
let him dink and dunk. Let him hit the stuff over the middle. Utilize Alberto if they're if they're keying in on Patrick and Judy and Fant. Utilize Alberto. It's there. The chemistry is there. We saw that. He's just got to be more consistent in catching that ball. Run the ball with Gordon and Lindsay. When you're done doing that, let Locke make some easy passes to the guys that he can trust. And then, uh, you know, keep Mahomes off the field. That's really that's really the biggest key. So, Cody, I know. Cody, what do you think? about this Denver offense going into this week? Well, you know, just some closing thoughts here. The one thing I would like Drew Locke to do more so going forward, he, he does have a tendency, this goes back to training camp, sometimes to locking onto his particular target. And I think that with, if the Broncos offensively find themselves in a third and long situation, <clears throat> you know exactly what Kansas City is going to do. They're going to play a cover four look. They're going to play the deep ball. And that's where Drew Locke and the Broncos really have to capitalize this week on the intermediate crossing, middle of the field type routes. If you look at this chart on NFL Next Gen Stats. They're really to the outside and deep. There's not a lot of shots taken in the middle of the field. You got to be able to attack that because I don't think Anthony Hitchens is that great of an inside linebacker. Might be one guy that the Broncos can exploit this week overall on the offensive side of the ball. But with that said, Broncos country, you got a lot of insight from Patrick Chiodi, Zach Seegers, and myself on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Don't forget, tomorrow's episode of the show, it is a crossover with Chris Clark of Lockdown Chiefs. He and I are going to go back and forth talking about this matchup. We're going to preview some of the biggest elements of the game, some of the biggest storylines. Kansas City coming off of a short week. Can the Broncos take advantage and power field a mile high? I'm Cody Rourke, your host of Lockdown Broncos. Catch us every day. Lockdown Broncos here on your favorite podcast provider. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.